Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. podcast where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. John, what do you have today? Uh, what I have today is Nemesis, which is uh, an ancient Greek religion, the goddess that enacts retribution against those who, who succumb to hubris, which oh, is also known as Arians before the gods. Um, another name was Adrestia also called Ramnusia, meaning the inescapable. Her Roman name counterpart is Nvidia. Oh, yeah, Nvidia. Yeah, like the like king. as in the video game. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Inescapable. Those video cards. They're in everything <laughs> these days. All right. Well, uh, as for me, I have Lequoi. Lequios. Le- Le- Lequios? Lequios. I, uh, that's what I'm going to say. Okay. I don't know for sure, but All right. um, that word may refer to certain inhabitants of Ophir, which the Spaniards considered to be the Philippine Islands before its colonization. The hab- inhabitants of the Ryukyu Islands were also referred to as Lequios by Tome Pires. And the same volume also contains the official documents regarding the voyage of Ferdinand Magellan. It also contains the logbook of Francisco Albo, the chief pilot of the ship Victoria. So, hmm. then there's so, also a section about Jewish settlements on this, whatever this place is. In Lequios. Right. Which is or like the Lequios is the people on the Philippines. Uh, some some of the people on Ophir. Which is part which are, of the Philippines. Yes. Or at least that's what the Spaniards consider it to be. So I don't know. But then there's... What, what's Jewish? What? Um, I mean, I know we just did the Philippines, but now you threw that curveball in there. And I was yeah, there's there's apparently like some old Jewish settlement locations on this place. What? Well, how? <laughs> how old are we talking? Like, uh, Let's see. I don't necessarily see any dates, but they're talking about King Solomon, so I'm guessing pretty old. Um, settlements were the established... The Israelites sailed to the Philippines <laughs> in biblical times? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it says settlements were established at selected places to trade and process the gold and silver. The ships collected the gold and silver and brought it to King Solomon. To the credit of the Hebrew people... Their settlement remained true to the Jewish faith even for thousands of years. Settlements were found in India, Burma, Sumatra, and Vietnam. Whoa, hold on. Okay. All right. Uh... And then Jewish settlements even extended to the Philippines. Wait. (laughs) They're they're all over the place. Wow. They, they, uh... 
they really, settled many places. That's crazy. I had no idea that that far out, that early on, the Jewish people had a uh, established presence. Ooh, I, I've got some interesting stuff um, even further on in this Jewish settlements section here. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, well, Nemesis is the god of, uh, uh, goddess of... Um, uh, a, a goddess of indignation against and retribution for evil deeds and undeserved good fortune. So pretty much she'd come after anybody in America. She is the nemesis. Um, yeah, and be in okay, okay spot doing so. Um, that's... <laughs> I mean, you know, she looks cool. She's got some angel wings. Hmm. Sometimes takes the form of a goose. <laughs> okay. Um, but I mean, that's really... It's just a family. Got a somehow she's related to Helen of Troy, according to mythology. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, Nemesis produced the egg uh, that that hatched Helen of Troy. Oh, I didn't know she was hatched from. I egg. didn't either. But that's, that's what it says in here. So that's um, <laughs> okay. I missed that part of the myth. Yeah. Yep. That's um. I assumed that she was just some normal lady that was born of regular nope. human means. Nemesis laid an egg. Alright. Interesting. In, apparently in goose form. In goose form. <laughs> she turns into a goose to lay eggs. Turns into a goose, laid an egg. Now, did she also lay the golden eggs? Um, and really walk on the top yes. of the um, Yeah, I believe so. I think that was also... That's, that's all part of... her uh, the various stalls. <laughs> um... Yeah, but that's... We gotta go to yours. I, I can't... Every time we go to the Philippines, it's always this, like... There's, some... I mean, there's always some <laughs> other, like, layer of just, like... By the way, every culture's been here since forever. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, what? Why? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is this? Okay, so how do you spell Lequios? L-E-Q-U-I-O-S. Okay. So... This is supposed to be about certain inhabitants, inhabitants of Ophir, but then the majority of this article is the Jewish settlement. Yes. That's interesting from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, so in the, um, the records that talk about these Jewish settlements, it, uh, Spanish books mention a uh, mysterious people known as the Lequios. Um... But modern historians variously identified them as Okinawans, Koreans, or Vietnamese. Um, they were favorite targets of Spanish ships during the time of General Miguel Lopez de Legazpi because of the ships of the Lequios were always laden with gold and silver. What? Uh, according to Document 98, which is... Uh, as opposed to Documents 1 through 99. <laughs> 1 through 97. Uh, the Lequios were big, bearded, and white men. What? Which, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> no, that, not for that. That doesn't and make any this, sense. Where is this island? I want to see it on a map. What's? I mean, that makes them sound like they're Vikings that just yeah. ended up like they're tall, somehow in the Philippines. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But uh, they were only interested in gold and silver when trading at Ophir. And Okinawans, Koreans, and Vietnamese people were not big, nor are they white. That's true. Good that job is all media. very true statements. Citation need. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and even it says here their beards are just small goatees and could not satisfy the word bearded. So they're really trying to make a case for why they are different people. Yeah, why big bearded white men are not the equivalent of Asian men. Which I mean, I mean, you could you just say that you don't really need yeah. to. Like, okay, you just say that's, that's fine. Clearly, that is not a description that has ever been of a Asian person. Nope. Like, I don't. That's that's not what they're saying. They they already said <laughs> they already said they're white dudes. You don't need to. No, but you don't get it. Like, they they couldn't have. They couldn't. The beards, like, they just no. I mean, no, stop. We, we, we don't we even know it. In, need, we didn't. We don't even need to go into the beards. We don't. We can stop we can at just white. Stop. White like, person. You already said. Okay, this is a Caucasian person, not somebody from Okinawa. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, but no, the article. The article turns on the beards. Oh yeah. Therefore, so, they were not the likeliest. Yep. The Lequius were thus deemed to be the remnants of Hebrews and Phoenicians who have made enclaves in their trade with Ophir proper. So the Lequios were scattered among the islands of the Philippines, and eventually they were they too were converted to Christianity, along with the Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, and animists of the pre-Hispanic Philippine states after active Hispanic settlement via the Americas became uninterrupted in the 333 years of Spanish colonization. Hmm. So yeah, their uh, animists were lumped in with the rest of these religions. What are animists? Well, hovering over and getting a preview of it, a religious belief that objects, places, and creatures all possess a distinct spiritual essence. Oh, so kind of like that thing in Japan where if something's around for more than 100 years, it becomes a demon? I guess. I don't know. No. I mean, that is a Japanese thing. If they have, like, it could be anything. If you have, like, an umbrella for more than 100 years, after it's been around for 100 years or more, it becomes deified in some way it's a demon hmm. and not like a an evil sense but in a, in a just spiritual in a spi- sense oh, okay. yeah, like so yeah their their definition of demon is not like an evil thing right demon it's to just them doesn't a, mean like a hellion demon to them is just like a, a spiritual right. creature okay yeah not necessarily good not, not necessarily evil right yeah, yeah. just an otherworldly thing yes yeah now, I don't know if that's what that is, but it sounds along the same lines, kind of. Mm-hmm. That sort of spiritual... Some, yeah, it sounds similar. Because it does say, um, potentially animism perceives all things, animals, plants, rocks, rivers, weather systems, human handiwork, and perhaps even words as animated and alive. So... Even words. Even words. And storms. Yep. Okay. So that's uh, that's an interesting. I, I've, I've not heard of that one before. No, no, I don't think this is the same thing. I don't think there's any. Sto- well, there's that stop that that spine on Jupiter's been there a while. That one might that's qualify true. by the Japanese definition. But I mean, hey, it's been there longer than the Earth. That's true. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's that's a, that qualifies. Uh, qualify, yeah. yeah. Well, um, so from here, do we want to go to Ophir and find out more about this? Hmm. Island, because it sounds like this island had some stuff going on. It does sound like that. Yeah, I, I think uh, Ophir would be a good place to go. All right. 
Also, if anybody out there um, knows how to pronounce Lequios, just uh, head on over to that Facebook page. Give us a, a little lesson and let us know. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because I mean, it'd always be nice to know how to actually pronounce these things. Yeah, because we mean, don't know. We just kind of stumble through it. We do our best, but... Sometimes they give us a guide on yeah. how to pronounce things. Sometimes that doesn't even help. But for Lequios, they do not even provide a, like, one of those little pronunciation things. I don't even know what you call those. But, yeah. So, Ophir is a port or region mentioned in the Bible, famous for its wealth. King Solomon received a cargo of gold, silver, sandalwood, pearls, ivory, apes, and peacocks from Ophir every three years. It's an odd, I don't know, increment of time. Is this <laughs> like the same I, place? That's, I think so, yeah, because it was talking about King Solomon early in the other one, the other article. Well, why didn't... This doesn't make... Huh? Hang on. So wait, is this a theoretical location that they're not actually completely sure where it is? Because <laughs> I see uh, theorized or conjectural locations for this thing further down. Okay, that's probably why I'm confused. Because I looked it up on Google, and Google like puts it like on the uh, uh, on the on the Suez Canal, basically. Like oh. it's like. Right between hmm. Israel and Egypt. <laughs> that doesn't seem like where it would be. That's not the Philippines, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. <laughs> yep. Uh, that also doesn't sound like it would be a good port, really. Yeah, it seems a little landlocked. Where it's at. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that just seems like an odd list of things. Like, King Solomon's like, alright, I need gold, silver... Sandalwood, pearls, ivory, apes, and peacocks. <laughs> like once every three years, please. <laughs> once every three years, I'll take some monkeys. <laughs> what is he? What is he doing with monkeys and no, peacocks? I, I'm not sure. What are? What is you, going you on? Read Song of Solomon. <laughs> There's some weird stuff going on there. Don't ask what they do with the monkeys. Just leave it be. <laughs> I, I, I love how he just singles out sandalwood. That's a specific. Have you read Song of Solomon? <laughs> they use a lot of sandalwood in that oh, yeah? They're just pouring all over each other all the time. Oh, my word. Wait, what is sandalwood? It's just like a... It's an oil. It's it sandalwood. Oh, it's, a it's an oil. oil. It has like okay. a really like manly scent. I was thinking... Oh, okay. Yeah, that you makes know? sense. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I was thinking it was a wood, but I guess sandals? it's probably like an oil from the wood. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, There's like an oil, like a scent from it. I mean, I'm not doubting they also probably use it to make sandals. I mean, it might, have been, be. it might have been like a soft, soft enough wood that like would have been pleasant to after walking around in it for a little while, not been terrible. Hey, and you know what? That would actually be a good cure for um, like foot odor. If you have these yeah, really good smelling just sandals, walk, walk on these sandals, just walking on the these odified yeah. sandals, and the uh... odor eaters, the original yeah. odor eaters. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Okay, maybe he did know what he was doing here. Well, that might have been it. He might have had some mad game, Solomon. Give or take the apes. I, I don't yeah. know what the apes are doing <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, the peacocks. I don't the know. Peacocks, like, like feathers are cool looking, <laughs> but the apes, man, that that's mm, <laughs> no real. I I hope hope he was like training them or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Ophir in Genesis ten 
is said to be the name of one of the sons of Jachtan. Uh, the Book of Kings and Chronicles tell a joint uh, tell of a joint expedition to Ophir by King Solomon and the Tyrian king Hiram I from Ezion-Geber, a port on the Red Sea that brought back large amounts of gold, precious stones, and algam wood, and of a later failed expedition by King Jehoshaphat of Judah. The famous gold of Ophir is referred to in uh, several other books of the Hebrew Bible. In the Jewish tradition, Ophir is often associated with a place in India named for one of the sons of Jachten. The 10th century lexicographer David Ben Abraham Alfasi. Wow. (laughs) That is a really, like, anglicized and also not name. Yeah, that's that's a very eclectic name. David Ben Abraham (laughs) Lowercase Ben. Yeah, lowercase Ben. <laughs> so like, like Osama Ben Laden, sort of thing. Yeah, but it's a Ben, not a Bin. Right. But ben. It's, yeah. Ben Laden. Ben Laden. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey Benny. Hey Benny. Benny Laden. <laughs> uh, identified. But anyway, David Ben Abraham Alfasi identified Ophir with Serendip, the old Persian name for Sri Lanka. Serendip. So, Ophir might be Sri Lanka? Maybe. Yeah. It seems like it was the name of a dude in several places. Like, that's kind of why it's confusing. Cause well, another reason why it could be confusing is because Sri Lanka is a.k.a. Ceylon. A.k.a. Ophir. <laughs> a.k.a. the Bengal Tiger. A.k.a. <laughs> Nicki AKA Minaj's home place. Cylons. A.k.a. Cylons. You never know. Now, details about three of Jachten's sons, Sheba, Ophir, and Havilah, were preserved in the tradition known in the divergent forms from the three early Christian sources. The Arabic Kitab al-Magal, the Syriac Cave of Treasures, and the Ethiopic Conflict of Adam with and Eve with Satan. <laughs> uh, the Kitab al-Magal states that in the days of Ru... A king of Sheba named Pharaoh annexed Ophir and Havilah to his kingdom and built Ophir with stones of gold for the stones of its mountains are pure gold. Well, that seems so far-fetched there. That sounds like just a pharaoh doing doing normal pharaoh things. Just find a mountain that's made of pure gold. It's, I I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> I don't I don't believe that. I, I mean, unless second. unless it already happened. I mean, they could have stripped all it. it all. You know. Yeah. I mean, like if it was I could see that happening. Gold. Yeah. In those times, they're just like, just, oh, mountain of pure gold. Let's rip it all off and, and uh, let's just use it to do let's just make it look it. cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the cave of treasures, this appears as and the children of Ophir, that is, send appointed to be their king. Lafaran, who built Ophir with stones of gold. Now all the stones that are in Ophir are of gold. Hmm. So we got we got toilets, they're made out of gold. We got sinks, gold. Mortar and pestles, <laughs> gold. All our utensils, stone, but also gold. Hey, at least it won't uh, rust. I mean, that's true, but it's, it tarnishes real bad. Uh, that's the real kicker. Yeah. Like, you know. uh, yeah, toilet made of gold. That's uh, that's a bad. That's a bad that's, investment. That's, uh, I mean, like it cleans real easy, and yeah. it's real shiny. It's real like easy to clean. Just, but I mean, like it tarnishes and it just looks like copper after a while. It's yeah. not, not worth it. 
It's really soft. Copper and crap. Yeah, copper and crap. Yeah, if you sit on it too long, it's like all melted into your butt. It's really. Actually, it might make a nice little seat after a while. Yeah, like custom, custom. I mean, it would get a little shorter, but. But you just like you just sink right into it. It'd just be the most comfortable toilet seat in your life. Wow, wonderful. Um. The uh, version in The Conflict of Adam and Eve says, Ferran reigned over the children of Ophir and built the city of Ophir with stones of gold, and that is the land of Sarania. And because of these stones of gold, they say that the mountains of the country and the stones thereof are all of gold. Okay, so, so yeah, we get it. It's, it's, it's <laughs> so freaking Basically, Eldorado. this place Got is it. made of gold. Okay. Yeah. Everybody agrees it's made of gold. It's gold. There's lots of gold there. There's, There's gold, too gold, much gold. gold. They've got way too much gold. They don't know too what to do with it. <laughs> uh, so in 1946, an inscribed pottery shard was found at Tel Kassil, which is modern-day Tel Aviv, and it dated back to the 8th century B.C. It bears in Paleo-Hebrew script the text, Gold of Ophir to... Slash four Beth Horon, thirty shekels. Uh, so I guess that sounds like a like something you find in a thrift store. Like they're finding, you know, like they're writing like a little. All right, thirty shekels for this one. Uh, so uh, the find confirms that Ophir was a place where gold was imported from, although its location remains unknown. So they're like a hundred percent certain that this was a place. But they just don't know where there, it was. There was a place. There was gold. apparently gold, <laughs> and pretty much only gold there. And it could be any one of the following theorized or conjectural locations. First off, Africa. <laughs> okay. Biblical <laughs> scholars. They're, this they're really one that was shooting never- like you know all over the place here. We have sections for pretty much every. Every continent, almost. Except for Europe itself. Like, that's it. Right. That's the only one avoided. Africa. Biblical scholars, archaeologists, and others have tried to determine the exact location. Vasco da Gama's companion, Tome Lopez, reasoned that Ophir would have been the ancient name for Great Zimbabwe in Zimbabwe, the main center of sub-African trade in gold in the Renaissance period. Though the ruins at Great Zimbabwe are now dated to the medieval era, long after Solomon is said to have lived. The identification of Ophir with Sofala and Mozambique was mentioned by Milton in Paradise Lost, among many other works of literature and science. Another more serious possibility is the African shore of the Red Sea, with the name perhaps being derived from the Afar people living in the Danakil Desert in Ethiopia and Eritrea between Adulis and uh, Djibouti. 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 That's Djibouti. DJ Booty. DJ Booty. Afri was a Latin name used to refer to the Carthaginians uh, who dwelt... Carthaginians? Carthaginians, yeah. The Carthaginians that dwelt in uh, North uh, Africa in modern-day Tunisia. This name, from which the name of the continent Africa is ultimately derived, seems to have referred to a native Libyan tribe originally. However, see Terence hashtag biography for discussion. (laughs) (laughs) The name is... They could have cleaned that up a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) 
pretty sure that you can edit it to make it just say Terrence. It doesn't need to be just, hashtag and biography. And have it linked to yeah. the biography. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a new one. That's a new one. Yeah. The name is usually connected with Phoenician afar, which means dust, but, but, on, uh, but a 1981 hypothesis has asserted that it stems from the Berber word uh, ifri, which is plural ifran, meaning cave, in reference to cave dwellers. So this is proposed to be the origin of Ophir as well. And that's just in Africa. Asia's the next one down here, and there's a whole Oof. other, like, same amount of information about that. Yeah, so this is where they talk about it being possibly India... Southern India or Northern Sri Lanka. Are those close at all? I don't think so, but for the purposes of some place that could be literally apparently anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, this is where the Dravidians were well known for their gold and precious stones, ivory and peacocks, and sandalwood came almost exclusively from South India in ancient times. Hmm. Although a citation is needed, so hmm. take that information with a grain of salt. Um, a Dictionary of the Bible by Sir William Smith, published in 19, or 1863, notes the Hebrew word for peacock, thuki, derived from the classical Tamil for peacock, thogkai, and mm. Kingali's toke joins other classical Tamil works for ivory, cotton cloth, and apes preserved in the Hebrew Bible. This theory of Ophir's location in Tam- Tamilakam is further supported by other historians. So we got a lot of support for multiple places here. Um, Ophir referring to the country of the port Tarshish may well refer to the nation of the Tamil Velir Naga tribe Oviyar in ancient Jaffna who lived around the famous port towns of Mantai and Kudurmale home to the historic Thirukathi Swaram temple uh, locations on the east of Kerala conjectured to be Ophir include Puvar and Baypur. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we got this thing in, okay, so we got it near Sri Lanka, we got it in India, we got it in, it says possibly near Afghanistan, um, we got the Philippines. Um, we got in uh, oh yeah, in the in the aforementioned document number ninety-eight, dated fifteen nineteen to fifteen twenty-two, Ophir can be found by traveling from the Cape of Good Hope in Africa to India to Burma to Sumatra to Maluccas, to Borneo, to Sulu, to China, oh my God. then finally Ophir. <laughs> Ophir was said to be in front of China towards the sea. In front of it. In front of China. So if you look at a globe, <laughs> it's the thing that's just floating over top of China. It's in front of China. Yeah, it's not behind China, it's in, in front, front of it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not underneath, it's above. Right. <laughs> 
so many islands. Uh, it, so it's in front of China towards the sea of many islands where the Moluccans, Chinese, and Laquios met to trade. And then uh, Jess Tyrol asserts that this group of islands could not be Japanese because the Moluccans did not get there, nor Taiwan, since it is not composed of many islands. Only the present-day Philippines, he says, could fit the description. See, this this was the problem with the ancient world. Every time you find some place <laughs> that was kind of cool, where there was a lot of stuff happening, oh, this has to be the, the legendary one. No, you idiots. <laughs> Ask him what the name of the place is. Yeah. Don't say it's El Dorado. Don't say it's Ophir. Don't say it's Atlantis, unless they tell you it is. <laughs> don't say they're Indians. It's no. just, uh, it's just, just, just don't make assumptions. Just, 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 just ask them. Yeah. Just find a way to be like... <laughs> Just try to communicate with you the probably, people that you're getting. That you know, like you probably identify as something. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. Like I can't communicate with you yet, but like we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. You. I, I spend to. enough time together, you can figure something out to communicate. Um, For now I'm just gonna say, hey guys, anytime I want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I, I think with the evidence laid out oh well i guess before we get there apparently it could also be in the americas could be uh another name for peru could be another name for atlantis could be another name for el dorado <laughs> could be another name for uh, monte cristo <laughs> yeah, I, I i feel like mentions out of the options presented I would have to lean towards Philippines. I don't know. That seems to make some kind of sense. Because it's like a good trading place, and it seems like there's the right amount of presence. I, I'm actually leaning towards Sri Lanka. Because mm. I feel like there was a lot of people trying to get to that part of the world really early on for spices and other stuff. Mm. And that you've got a lot of history culinarily of like all these spices showing up really early on and you're just like mm. where'd those come from they came from India <laughs> so like somebody was over there trading ah and so that I is where like they had all the gold had peacocks, and ivory words from uh, the Jewish language that came from the original <laughs> Indian words which is kind of like mm. to me that seems a little like eh, like a little eh. <laughs> it's a little it's something yeah but you know, there I'm sure there are uh, plenty of support for both both uh, places. It seems like there's a lot of support for pretty much anything. Like with the exception of like, like uh, the Americas. That's that's probably the weakest uh, one. Uh, but yeah, but like I feel like you could just write a book saying like, you know what? I think Ophir was probably in Antarctica and make a case for it and people will be like, "Eh, it could be." Because, <laughs> you know, people used to have to sail around, like, the southern tip of Africa, and then they were down there, and they got off course a little bit, and then there was this, like, really nice sort of temperate zone in, in Antarctica, and then, like, yeah, it was a port. Yep. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, from here. From oh, we got a lot of literature here. We do have a link to a lot of literature. Um, everything from... Wait, Johann Sebastian Bach's... Like Johan? What? Wait, is that literature? <laughs> not, not the. Uh, no, no. Yeah, it's composer. It's composer. The composer. Ooh. 
he wrote a book? <laughs> he wrote something? The cantata. <laughs> cantata. Oh, vocal composition. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, one of his songs mentioned Gotcha. That, guess, okay, yeah. that makes more sense. All right. Glad we didn't, glad we didn't bite on that. Right, uh, yeah. It was close. It was close. Um, H.P. Lovecraft mentions it in The Cats of Althar. Uh, Lost City of Apar, yep. That one's showing up in a lot of things. Conan the Barbarian series has mention of it. Got Tarzan. Lots of Tarzan. Yeah. Got Clive Custler book, The Navigator. Oh, it's referenced in Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, there's a... Oh, it's the name of a board game created by Jason D. Kingsley and Charles Wright in early 2015. There's a couple of cool things in the sea also section as well there's tarshish which is another biblical location providing solomon with riches <laughs> this guy just knew where to go man yeah <laughs> he had all the connects um ofer which is a chicago illinois based rock band from 1997 until 2004 uh and or were they from chicago i've heard that they were also from san francisco <laughs> <laughs> they're from any place that had a waterfront um, and sometimes not a waterfall. Sometimes not. A, sometimes it was just in the middle of land, you know, whenever they were on tour. Carl uh, Mach, an explorer who inadvertently discovered Great Zimbabwe when searching for Ophir. Well, at least he had the good sense to find it and let them to tell yeah. them, tell him what it was. Yeah. As opposed to saying, I found it. I found Ophir. <laughs> no, you didn't. You found Great Zimbabwe. <laughs> Which is a part of Zimbabwe, in Zimbabwe, in Zimbabwe, in Zimbabwe. <laughs> Zimbabwe, uh, Zimbabwe. The Great Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. The Great Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe. <laughs> hmm. We've got plenty of uh, things here. Hmm, yes. It's just really challenging because what are you going to do that's going to be more <laughs> exciting yeah. than a lost city? You pretty much have to go to other lost cities at this point. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, okay, so as far as Atlantis, was that ever really like a, um, I don't know, possible real place, or was that completely like a fictional conjuring? I mean, we can go to the article about it and find out. I mean, there's there might be like a good... That one's one of the more. That one's probably the most discussed lost city, I would say. So like, mm-hmm. there's got to be like some better speculation on that than this thing. Right. This thing, we were, all we have is literally the equivalent of like a receipt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's, that's what it is. Uh, there's some gold from Ophir, thirty shackles. <laughs> I mean, like, sure, they took the time to carve that receipt in stone, but still, right. yeah. Like, Oh, I'm all for going to, uh, I'm Ophir going to, uh, Atlantis. I've got Ophir <laughs> about doing that myself. Okay, so Atlantis. Um, fictional island mentioned within an allegory on the hubris of nations in Plato's works, Timaeus and Critias, where it represented, represents the antagonist naval power that besieges ancient Athens pseudo-historic embodiment of Plato's ideal state see the Republic so definitely a fictional place well that's disappointing (laughs) yep but 
I feel like it's also like okay. There is a, a section that says location hypothesis. Well, it says that while present-day philologists and historians accept the story's fictional character, there is still debate on what served as its inspiration. Oh. Like something had to give Plato this idea. Plato, Plato wasn't even a guy who had ideas. It was, I mean, <laughs> Socrates was the guy who made him write stuff down. <laughs> Plato was just a scribe, you know? And Socrates was illiterate. So, like, take that for what it's worth. And he was the <laughs> philosopher. You know? Again, common misconceptions. Plato was just the pen. Mm-hmm. Socrates was the wit. But the wit wasn't smart enough to learn words, so... <laughs> hmm. Well, let's, uh... See what people think the location actually was. As far as the inspiration for it. Um, since Donnelly's day, which, uh, they're referencing, hopefully, somebody they've mentioned. Somewhere. Okay, yeah, they're, uh, 19th century amateur scholars misinterpreted Plato's narrative as historical tradition, most notably in Ignatius L. Donnelly's Atlantis, the Antediluvian World. Okay, so Donnelly is a dude who thought this was a real place because he thought Plato was writing about a real event thing. So, since then, there have been dozens of locations proposed for Atlantis to the point where the name has become a generic concept divorced from the specifics of Plato's account. This is reflected in the fact that many proposed sites are not within the Atlantic at all, which yeah. should it should probably be in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, that's there somewhere, be some place, some place <laughs> like, there. It probably wouldn't be in a different ocean or sea. Nope, I mean, like it would be in the name, called, the one that was named after. Yeah, I would imagine. A uh, few today are scholarly or archaeological hypotheses while others have been made by psychic or other pseudoscientific means. The Atlantis researchers Jacques Colina Gerard and Giorgios Diaz Montexano, for example, each claim the other's hypothesis is pseudoscience. Many of the proposed sites share some of the characteristics of the Atlantis story, water, cast catastrophic and relevant time period but none has been demonstrated to be a true historical Atlantis go figure so most of the historically proposed locations are in or near the Mediterranean Sea islands such as Sardinia Crete Santa Santorini uh, Sicily, Cyprus, and Malta, land-based cities or states such as Troy, Tartessus, and Tantalus, uh, Israel, Sinai, or Canaan, and Northwest Africa. The Thera eruption dated to the 17th or 16th century BC caused a large tsunami that some experts hypothesized devastated the Minoan civilization on a nearby island of Crete, further leading some to believe that this may have been the catastrophe that actually inspired the story mm. in the first place. Uh, A.G. Gallenpolis, 
argue that the that Plato's dating of 9,000 years before Solon's time was the result of an error in translation, probably from Egypt into Greek, which produced thousands instead of hundreds. Such an error would also rescale Plato's Atlantis to the size of Crete, while leaving the city the size of the crater on Thera. 900 years before Solon would be the 15th century BC. In the area of the Black Sea, the following locations have been proposed. Bosporus and Ancoma, a legendary place near Trabzon. Others have theorized that before the 6th century, the Pillars of Hercules may have applied to mountains on either side of the Gulf of Laconia and may have also been part of the pillar cult of the Aegean. So I just noticed this little map picture yeah. that says Doggerland. Doggerland. It's near the Thames and Rhine rivers. Yeah. Um, we got Dogger Hills. And I, I don't know. Is it still called that? Do you think? I don't think it's land anymore. If it's supposed to be in the land, this thing. <laughs> Map showing hypothetical extent of Doggerland. Doggerland. I really want to know about Doggerland. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I want to go. I want to go to Doggerland. Okay. Let, well. Let's skip out on Atlantis and go to this Doggerland. No, let's just, yeah. I mean, we 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 think it's a fake thing anyway let's find it's, out about it's Dogger a fake Land. thing that people thought was a real thing but Doggerland, no. but Doggerland. Doggerland now that's something so, so true <laughs> so Doggerland was an area now beneath the southern north sea that connected great britain to continental europe oh, oh. interesting okay so so global warming is happening <laughs> so basically yeah there used that used to all be connected there that makes sense yeah that uh, makes a lot of sense. And according to this map here, like the earlier you go back, there used to be uh, a lot of ice. Like you see... Um, oh, there's a thing called Dogger Bank. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's like ice coming in like all over uh, like Great Britain area. Right. And it comes... All the way down to, like, the edge of the rest of Europe. And then there's, like, a little glacier inside of Europe. I don't know where... Where would that be? Like, looks like maybe Spain? The top of Italy. I know that much. Right, right. So that's interesting. But, yeah, so... Um... Yeah, so Doggerland was the place that used to be connecting... Great Britain to Europe, but now it is gone and has turned Great Britain into an island. Hmm. It was flooded by rising sea levels around 6500 to 6200 BC. Uh, Geological surveys have suggested that it stretched from Britain's east coast to the Netherlands and the western coasts of Germany and the peninsula of Jutland. It was probably a rich habitat with human habitation in the Mesolithic period, although rising sea levels gradually reduced it to low-lying islands before its final submergence 
possibly following a tsunami caused by the Storega slide. Which I'm not familiar with, but... <laughs> that should be a dance. Ah, yeah. Although, if it causes tsunamis, maybe it shouldn't be. Mm. The archaeological potential of the area had been first identified in the early 20th century, but interest intensified in 1931 when a fishing trawler operating east of the Wash dragged up a barbed antler point that was subsequently dated to a time when the area was tundra. Hmm. Vessels have dragged up remains of mammoth, lion, and other animals, as well as a few prehistoric tools and weapons. That's interesting. I've always wondered how huh. the English, like, had lions on their <laughs> flags in the first place, when to me, like, a lion would have been something that they would have never seen. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe they did, actually. Maybe. maybe there was a good reason they, they knew what a <laughs> lion looked like. Uh, Doggerland was named after the Dogger Bank, which in turn was named after the 17th century Dutch fishing boats called Doggers. <laughs> I feel like Doggerland would be a good name for a dog amusement park. It'd be a perfect name for a dog amusement park. We should get this. We should get this land that like nobody cares about because it's underneath the water. Mm. Doesn't get it back out under uh, from yep. under the waters. Perfectly good land, just a little wet. Just gotta <laughs> let it dry out. <laughs> Yep, leave it out in the sun for a while and be good to go. Um, So until the middle Pleistocene, which is the geological epoch, which lasted from about 2,588,000 to 11,700 years ago. So, you know, a a nice little chunk of time there. Um, Britain was a peninsula of Europe. Connected by the massive chalk wheeled Artois, Artois anticline across the Straits of Dover during the Anglian glacian, glaci, glaciation, glaci, glaciation. 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 There we go. <laughs> Anglian glaciation. <laughs> Anglian glaciation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was approximately 450,000 years ago. And an ice sheet filled much of the North Sea. So, um, yeah. And then it disappeared as the ice melted at the end of the last glacial period of the current ice age. Sea levels rose and the land began to tilt in an isostatic adjustment of the huge weight of ice lessened. Oh, so, uh, prehistoric evidence of what is now known as Doggerland was established in the late 19th century. H.G. Wells referred to the concept in his short story, A Story of the Stone Age of 1897, set in a time when one might have walked dry shod from France to England, and when a broad and sluggish Thames flowed through its marshes to meet its father Rhine, uh, flowing through a wide and level country that is underwater in these later, latter days and which we know by the name of the North Sea. 50,000 years ago, it was 50,000 years if the reckoning of geologists is correct. Though most of the action seems to occur in what is now Surrey and Kent, but stretching out to Doggerland. Now, the remains of plants brought to the surface from Dogger Bank were studied in 1913 by a paleobiologist by the name of Clement Reed. 
and the remains of animals and worked flints from the Neolithic period have also been found there. In his book, The Antiquity of Man of 1915, anatomist Sir Arthur Keith discussed the archaeological potential of the area. In 1931, the trawler Kalinda hauled up a lump of peat while fishing near the Hour Bank, not the Outer Bank, the Hour Bank, <laughs> uh, 40 kilometers east of Norfolk. The peat was found to contain a barbed antler point possibly used as a harpoon or fish spear, 222 milliliters long, or millimeters long, sorry, milliliters does not measure length, <laughs> um, which dated from between 4,000 and 10,000 BC when the area was tundra. Interest was reinvigorated in the 1990s by Professor, Br- Professor Bryony Coles, who named the area Doggerland and produced speculative maps of the area. Although she recognized that the current belief of the southern North Sea seabed is not a sound guide to the topography of Doggerland, this topography has more recently begun to be reconstructed more authoritatively using seismic survey data obtained from oil exploration of all things. Hmm. How about that? Right, good, good, good job, BP. <laughs> doing something, doing something cool for a change. <laughs> so, and uh, there's actually a science fiction book by author Stephen Baxter um, about a alternative timeline in which Doggerland never is never inundated. So uh, that would be interesting to see what that would be like. But uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting that like that long ago things were that already yeah and That's... like it's like things were already starting to heat up as it were. Yep, and we were already starting to and like people still wanna like it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what you think like this already <laughs> happened and we already do know about this low-lying land is in danger. <laughs> Period. Full stop. End of yeah. sentence. You don't think Florida can go away? Look at Doggerland. Yeah. Doggerland. We used to have a straight Florida. shot from yeah. Great Britain to France. Anywhere. You used to go from, <laughs> not just from Great Britain to France. You used to be able to go from Great Britain right over to Germany by land. Yeah. <laughs> you, it was right there. You could walk to, uh, all the way to Ophir from Great Britain. You could walk from Edinburgh. Wherever it was. You could walk from Edinburgh <laughs> to Berlin. Wrap your mind around that. <laughs> So, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. That's pretty crazy. That's also an awesome name. Doggerland should totally oh, be yeah. a theme park. I mean, like... Doggerland. <laughs> that is a, such a great name. And I feel like what I'm imagining for Doggerland is just a piece of land where it's just so many dogs running free and having such a great time and being so happy and uh you know you just walk across it and suddenly you're in the rest of europe and it's like yep. oh yeah but this place is otherwise unoccupied there's no humans here it's yep. just just it's full all of dogs, dogs. <laughs> and you can go and you can see them anytime you want to and they're all happy because they're dogs yeah and they're just being dogs but yep. yeah yeah dogger dogger land dogger land but people don't go there. People don't set up houses there. The no. dogs, they come, they tear your houses down. Yep. The big bad wolves, they show no. up. They blow them down. They huff, they puff. Yep. Yeah, there's, uh, they all go to the dogger bank. They go to the dogger <laughs> bank. That's where they do their money. Yep. They all live in the dogger hills. and They come down and <laughs> take care of any intruders. 
But, uh, yeah, so there you have it from Lequios to Doggerland. We stayed pretty much geographically related yeah. the entire time. That was as far as places, yeah. But it was cool. We got to some cool places. Mm-hmm. Found about, found out about some lost places. Found out that Atlantis was actually supposed to be a fictional thing from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and then the 1800s came along and missed that memo. Yep. It was objectively a fictional thing. And then uh, people were the like, place? oh, okay. So about that place that was actually existing. Um, but yeah, so... You know, go ahead and visit us on Facebook and give us a like and follow. And, you know, you can check us out anywhere that podcasts are available. And um, just don't don't even bother going to iTunes to rate and review us at this point. We're, we're pretty much set. You can still listen to us there, but, like, just don't, yeah. don't rate it. Don't, don't do it. Yeah. Just don't. I mean, yeah, if you haven't rated us at this point, we don't want it. We, we're good. If, if you can't rate us at our earliest, you don't deserve to rate us at our latest. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and Blind Lemon Jefferson for our outro song. He's back. So, uh, yeah, there's not much left of Blind Lemon Jefferson. Nah, squeeze that lemon um, all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yep. So, thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. Train out of red lace, nine, Lord, that southbound. Train out of red lace, nine. Lord, that southbound. Train out of red lace, nine. Give it a section for my name, Senior Railroad. Only girl I love, and the one I pray to see, woman I love. What I'd say to see. Woman I love and the one I'd say to see. Was he living in Memphis and the pool all right to me? I'd say to woman, what have I said he's done me, mama? What I said he's done me, mama. What have I said is done? You treat me like my trouble has just begun.